0: This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the June 28, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. No quick hitters today. I apologize, as this is another day for abortion. I particularly apologize to my international listeners. This may be my cleanup segment and not much more in the future on the subject. We can hope. Not my circus, not my monkey. I'm told that is an old Polish proverb. The meaning speaks for itself. I don't believe Supreme Court Justice Alito is Polish, but maybe you heard the Polish proverb, not my circus, not my monkey. I thought of this proverb when I read the Supreme Court decision. Others said the opinion was outrageous. How dare the Supreme Court decide on abortion? Those who are outraged that the Supreme Court would weigh in on abortion, have a shared view on abortion with Justice Alito and the Supreme Court justices in the majority. They ruled, not my circus, not my monkey. The key sentence in the decision was mentioned yesterday, and let's go over it again. Quote, held, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled. The authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Not my circus, not my monkey. I think the various opinions are a decent read, though admittedly I skim them. The Alito decision joined by Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Thomas, and Barrett. A concurrence by Kavanaugh and another concurrence by Thomas. A separate opinion by Roberts that upholds the Mississippi law, but would not go as far as the rest of the court. And a dissent by Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer. Again, I only skimmed them. All were thoughtful and informative. I linked the actual decision, the concurrences, and the dissent. A few points. Alito's main opinion makes a strong case that abortion just was not a right embedded in the Constitution and that the Supreme Court should bow out of the abortion issue. That is Supreme Court speak for not my circus, not my monkey. Alito said that four of the nine justices in the 1990s Planned Parenthood v. Casey case wanted to overturn Roe and that a fifth judge might have had reservations about whether the Constitution protects a right to abortion. He said the other five justices in two separate groups saved Roe via stare decisis precedents. Alito said they did not use the stare decisis analysis, they just kind of said it. He did the analysis and said Roe had to go. The decision says abortion proponents, quote, contend that no half measures are available and that we must either reaffirm or overrule Roe and Casey, end quote. Oops. Kavanaugh said, quote, The Constitution does not grant the nine unelected members of the court the unilateral authority to rewrite the Constitution to create new rights and liberties based on our own moral or policy views, end quote. Kavanaugh around pages 124 and 125 does a pretty good job of seeing both sides and says, quote, On the question of abortion, the Constitution is therefore neither pro-life nor pro-choice. The Constitution is neutral and leaves the issue for the people and their elected representatives to resolve through the democratic process in the states or Congress, like the numerous other difficult questions of american social and economic policy that the constitution does not address." End quote. Kavanaugh also says that every sitting member on the supreme court has previously overruled precedent. Roberts said, quote, "both the court's opinion and the dissent display a relentless freedom from doubt on the legal issue that i cannot share." End quote. The opinion quotes Justice Scalia in his dissent, "Casey Quote, the permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved, like most important questions in our democracy, by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. Quote. The dissent by Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan paint a need to allow abortions. Seriously, they make a strong case that would be very persuasive in a legislative environment. On precedent, the dissenters say, quote, stare decisis is the Latin phrase for a foundation stone of the rule of law, that things decided should stay decided, unless there is a very good reason to change. It is a doctrine of judicial modesty and humility. Those qualities are not evident in today's opinion, end quote. The dissent seems to gloss over Roe constitutionality arguments to quickly get to why the ruling made practical sense. They also said Casey was a full-throated endorsement of Roe. I think they overstated things on Casey. I'm not sure it was in the dissent, but I saw a headline of three liberal justices saying this will mean a rape victim will have to bear the rapist child. Surprisingly, that may be true. As I read, that is the case in South Dakota based on a law that was passed if Roe were overturned. What struck me, though, was the type of argument. Not, this is a wrong decision because clearly abortion is protected by XYZ subparagraph 2 in the Constitution. Rather, a very legitimate political argument. A great argument in the political realm where legislative issues should be discussed. But the question they should be asking as justices is, does the Constitution require states to permit abortion? Maybe those three justices should have gone into politics. They could be senators and governors and representatives and make those rightly make those arguments. Or maybe they feel the Supreme Court is a super legislature. I don't. I also wonder if Ruth Bader Ginsburg had lived, how the decision would have differed She was not on the court when Roe was decided, but said she thought Roe went too far. If Ginsburg were alive, there would be no Amy Coney Barrett, meaning four votes to totally overturn Roe. The current three liberals would have voted to keep Roe. Roberts was trying for a middle ground and to allow states to further limit abortion, but guarantee some minimum right to abortion. What would Ginsburg have done? I feel Ginsburg would have joined Roberts and supported the Mississippi law, but not absolutely overturned Roe. And some from the other two camps would or might have joined them. I also wonder what would have happened if some on both sides had moderated over the last 20 years. What if a number of liberals had forcefully argued for the right to choose an abortion, but with limits more similar to Europe? Or the 15-week Mississippi law that had exceptions later in pregnancy for the health of the the mother and for severe fetal abnormalities. Might some Republicans have vocally said, we can live with the first trimester. Might this issue have faded, much like the supporters of Casey versus Planned Parenthood had hoped? I think maybe. I read today that a two-pill combination is used for the majority of all abortions in the United States. It can be used up to the 10th week. The regimen is FDA-approved and in some states is allowed to be prescribed over the telephone. Often the treatment is done at home. A drug approved by the FDA, prescribed over the phone, and possibly sent via U.S. mail. Can a state government ban that? I'm not arguing for or against it. I'm mostly wondering. Really, I have a fantasy land view where I wish there was no unwanted pregnancies and I wish we did not have this issue. On cue, everyone laugh at me. Many on the left are saying this is a radical Supreme Court, that the court has lost its legitimacy. The recent gun case is one of the reasons, along with overturning Roe. The left is horrified that the Supreme Court interpreted the Second Amendment to allow citizens the right to have and carry guns. What does the Second Amendment say? Quote, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, end quote. One can argue the reason had to do with the militia, but the amendment did not hinge the right of the people to keep and bear arms on the continuation of a militia. Liberals are also horrified that the Supreme Court is saying, since we can't find a requirement for abortion in the Constitution, we say, not my circus, not my monkey. In response to this, I'm being facetious, they are accused of an outrageous exercise of raw judicial power where all the Supreme Court said was, not us, this is for the legislature. What is being said or suggested? The Supreme Court ruling is an exercise in raw power. Congressman Maxine Waters said, to hell with the Supreme Court, we will defy them. I heard on The View that women will die if they have an ectopic pregnancy because doctors won't be allowed to remove the fetus. Folks, if you hear crap like that, change the channel. Don't be misled. It's just to scare you. Pro-life groups are being attacked. Talk of canceling the filibuster to try to pass a law requiring states to allow abortions. I don't think Congress can require that. Pack the court with more justices so a liberal majority can be assured impeach some of the sitting justices. This might be a good time to mention my foundational views are capitalist and constitutionalist. For the rest, I just picked a side closest to me and don't always adhere to their views. On medical care, I reluctantly agree with single payer, but with some attempt at a capitalistic overlay like it was done with prescription drugs for seniors. The alternative is just some public-private mishmash with required care but not required payments and incentives for everyone to game the system. I digress. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe it says what it says, and if we don't like it, then change it. To do otherwise is to say there are no rules and the majority can rule. The biggest argument by liberals for not overturning Roe is they say Roe is a precedent. Some even said super-duper precedent, though I think the meaning of super-duper is better understood by watching the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Precedent is a good argument, but sad when that is your best or even your only argument. It means you don't have a case but are begging, please, let's not fix it. I could have accepted precedent being used to justify a middle ground approach, though. When it comes to precedent, I wonder if that will apply to gun control. At least three and maybe more Supreme Court cases have affirmed the individual right to keep and bear arms. If liberals get control of the Supreme Court, will they say, we'd like to overrule those, but we can't because of precedent? I don't think so. I also don't know how they deal with the very clear language of the Constitution. I'm reading that several senators regret voting for Kavanaugh because they were sure he would not vote to overturn Roe. Think about that. A president's choice for Supreme Court justice who is definitely qualified should not be approved if they insist on following the law and like in the case of Roe, says not our job. The issue is up to the legislatures. Let me repeat. Some say a justice should not be approved if in the future they would follow the Constitution and say this is not up to us. It is for the legislature. If that is the standard for a Republican nominee, Should a Republican-led Congress ever vote to confirm a Democratic nominee, given the Republican standard would be a strict adherence to the Constitution? And that is a very reasonable standard. Would any of the sitting liberal nominees have been approved? No, not by that standard. In times like these, we need to return to home base. Where is the center? What are the rules? Trump was rightfully criticized for asking Pence to violate the Constitution on January 6th. Sitting members of Congress calling the court illegitimate for the court to be packed, justices to be impeached, the Supreme Court to be defied, are also wrong. Rioting over this issue is wrong. Yelling is good, maybe stupid, but good. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. Please share.